Wonderful. Told Brother Bart, I said, now y'all don't mess up. He said, why don't you sing with us? And I said, no way. And I'm glad I didn't because they did a fantastic job. And I would have messed them up. And I appreciate that good. You know, when you think of what it truly costs to save you, what they sang, we think of the miracle of God putting the stars in the sky, creation. We think even how many times you hear someone healed of a disease. Well, boy, that was a miracle. But it took, uh, it took uh, all the power of God to save you. You say, uh, what's interesting, in Romans 6, 23, now you, many of us, Brother Shane, will look and say, well, I'm not that bad, right? right? Maybe not compared to somebody else. Romans 6, 23 said, for the wages of sin. Didn't say how many. Sin. That's singular. Brother Wells mentioned it. He said every sin has a death penalty attached to it. So if you just sin one time, you deserve hell. And the fact is, you said, well, if I hadn't sinned? Well, number one, you have. Nobody, there's, you say, how do you know? Because the Bible said there's none righteous, no, not one. So we're all sinners, right? You, you, just have to, you just have to figure out if you want to be a sinner saved by the grace of God or you want to be a sinner lost because you won't accept the grace of God. And that's the difference. We're not better, right? We're better in me and my flesh dwelleth no good thing. So the only good thing in any of us is the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate the good singing. Turn to Luke chapter 21 this morning, if you would. We're going to read quite a few verses, and I think it'll be an interesting topic to you this morning. Uh, the Bible tells in Luke chapter 21, verse number 5. Now, again, go back to uh, verse number 1 through 4. We preached on that last week. And Jesus uh, saw these uh, men casting their gifts into the treasury, saw this one woman uh, casting all she had, and he gave the comparison uh, these that gave out their abundance. In other words, the, the wealthy people were just given what was extra. And he said, this woman of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. So she said, okay, here's these guys gave God what was extra, and she gave God everything. And, and so when you look at your life, here's the, I mentioned this last week, are you giving God what's left over, not just in our finances, but in every, what about your energy? Right? Well, come then the day and I, I, you know, I get home from work. I just don't feel like going to church on Wednesday night. Okay? I get home from work. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I get that. I feel, get, get home then to the day, I don't feel like praying. Well, maybe you got your order wrong. Maybe that ought to be the first thing we do. Right? And so it's about our priority. And the Bible says she gave all she had. And so verse 5 said, As some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts. So it's funny. kind of seems like they were saying, Listen, we couldn't have all this that we have if it weren't for those guys. They're the one giving to the church, right? They're the one putting all the money in the plate. We couldn't have the carpet. We couldn't have the sound system. We couldn't have all stuff if, if it weren't for the big givers. Right. And I, I'm thankful that God gives some people more and they got a giving heart. Yes. But, but 
nowhere does it say you ought to recognize them for that giving, right? So it's almost like they said, well, look at this place. And verse 6 said, as for these things which ye beheld, the day will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So they're looking at the temple saying, look how beautiful the temple is and look at all we got and all the adornment and all the, all the structures. And Jesus says, you know what? There's going to come a day I'm, I'm tearing all that down. And I just wonder sometimes if what we portray to people in our Christianity, even in our worship services and online and everywhere else, if it's not just show. Right, I mean, I mean, it looks here like the, what they were saying was we gave all this stuff so this place could be this beautiful place of worship. Right. If we're not careful, we focus on that more than the inner. Jesus, Jesus saying, look, I'm getting ready to tear it all down. I mean, can you imagine him just saying, I'm getting ready to tear this down. And you know what? Here's what I want to tell you this morning. This isn't part of the message. I guess it is now since I'm putting it in there, right? You can fluff up your Christianity for a while. But it, 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 we mentioned it, Brother Matt, if that relationship is not right with God, he's going to tear it all down. It's all, it'll come crashing down because here's the thing. Number one, God will not share his glory with anybody. He will not let there be a, a worship of you or a worship of an idol in your life and a worship of God. You have to pick one or the other. Yes, sir. And I wonder if a lot of Christians, their problem, Brother Brian, is not. They look and so say, why is God letting this happen? Have you ever just examined you? I mean, why is it always God's fault that he elects this, allows this to happen? Have you ever just really gotten down, I mean, face on the ground before God and said, God, would you just examine me and, and show me what's, where my faults are and show me where my sin is and show me where I fail you? Or is it always this mindset of I should be able to do what I want to do and it's God's job to bless me? So they come to this place, they look at this, he said, I'm going to tear all that down. And God, God will tear some stuff down in your life. And they asked him in verse 7, saying, Master, but when, he said, all this is coming down. They said, when shall these things be and what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? Now, again, do we not do the same thing? Preach, we need to have prophecy conference. Why? Because we want to know all the stuff's going on, and, and we want, we're interested. Is it for your intellectual, your intellectual desire, or is it really going to motivate you to live for God? See, a lot of times we just like to say, oh, man, that's interesting. Who's, who's the Antichrist? When's he going to be here? Why do you care? See, prophecy is to motivate us to live for the Lord in the last days. And so they said, when are these things going to be and what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? Well, Charles, we're no different. God, give me a sign. Show me something, right? He, did show, he showed you his word. And he said in verse 8, take heed that ye be not deceived. 
For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. For these things must first come to pass. Notice this, but the end is not by and by. Said all this stuff's going to happen, it's not time yet. Right? Then said he unto them, nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in, the, in diverse places and famines and pestilences, fearful sights and great signs shall be from heaven. But before all these things, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you. Wow. He said, you're, you're looking for all these signs in the sky. They're coming. He said, but it's not time. And then notice what he said, before all these things. They're going to lay their hands on you. Before all this stuff happens, they're coming after you. And persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And that shall turn to you for a testimony. Notice verse 14. Settle it, therefore, in your hearts. He's saying before it ever happens, you better determine right now where you're going to stand. You can't wait till then and decide what you're going to do with Jesus. You got, you got to do it now. That's what he's telling them. Not to meditate before what ye shall answer. He said you better know now because when you're put in that position and you're brought before the, the synagogues, matter of fact, when you go over to the book of Acts and they're brought in there, God gave them what to say, but it's because they had determined to follow him way before that. So it goes on to say, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Notice it, verse 16, And ye shall be betrayed. Now I don't understand why in the day we live, Christians don't get it. And... Brother Randy, it's almost like it blows our mind when we're betrayed. Why well, we, we live in a Christian nation. I don't understand why. Jesus said ye shall be betrayed. I don't understand why all these churches are going to ye shall be betrayed. I don't understand why so-and-so turned their back. You shall be betrayed. I don't understand why we think we're immune from what the Word of God says. Both by parents and brethren. Happen to you? Kinfolk. Tells me Jesus knew what mountain talk, right? Kinfolk. And friends. Again, I don't understand. I, I see all... Brother Johnny, I see... Social media post about people's friends betraying them. It's like, I can't, why can't you? He just said it right there. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. Verse 17, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Again, but there shall not a hair on your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation therefore is, thereof is not. 
Then let them which are in Judea flee, in, uh, flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it uh, depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For there be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be what? Fulfilled. He says it's, it's going to happen. It's got to be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down. Notice this, trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be what? Fulfilled. He's laying it out. Verse 25, and there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roared. Now, what's interesting, I guarantee you, somebody in here is going, huh, signs in the suns and the moon, stars, and upon the when's it? We ought to be looking for that. But they missed the whole, settle it in your heart, you shall be betrayed. They missed all that, right? We don't want to. We don't want to focus on that. We want to focus on all these miraculous things that are going to take place. So he goes on to say, in verse 26, men's hearts failing them for what? We've seen that. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. We've seen that. You turn on the news, there is, no, there is nothing good on the news. Right. Nothing. It's all bad. You know why? Because it sells. They know that if they're telling you good stuff, people are like, I don't need to hear that. But they say, this is coming, COVID's coming back, economy's bad, Joe Biden did this, Trump did this. The people are like, can you believe that? It don't matter what side of the aisle you sit on. Bad stuff sells. You don't believe it? Jesus said, you're going to be looking for signs. He said, I'm telling you, you're going to be betrayed. We won't see the signs. We won't see the, we won't see the light show. Right? And men's hearts failing for fear. Now, verse 27, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. We missed that. You read all that, Brother Jimmy, that we just read, that... That ought to excite us more than all the rest of it, but I'll guarantee you people are in their mind, many are going like this, well, preacher, tell us about all this other stuff. Tell us about all this stuff that's going to take place. The greatest thing in that whole scripture, the Bible said, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Brother Adam, that is, if we said amen, praise God, and left right now, you'd have got something this morning. That is the greatest thing in that scripture, Jesus said, I'm coming. And when these things, verse 28, began to come to pass, notice what he said, then look up. Notice he didn't say when they've happened for a long time. He said when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads uh, for your redemption draweth nigh. Right. Now that's in your Bible. Right. And we say we're Bible believers, yet... I'll guarantee you, if I asked everybody in here, every person would say this, Brother Bart. They'd say, yeah, I believe Jesus is coming. Think he's coming today? Yeah. 
Or they say, oh, yeah, I believe it's coming day. You going to be back tonight? Well, no. Panthers play at 425. So in this scripture, the Lord gives us a very important glimpse of the future. He reveals the destruction that will come to Jerusalem, and it also provides unfolding events that would come to pass. And seven years before the coming of Christ will be the rapture of the church. So we're looking at all these. We need to understand that this is talking about the coming of Christ and seven years before that, the church is going to be snatched out of here. And so the Christian is gripped by the events of the second coming, which is great, and they should reveal to us the nearness of his coming. If all this stuff is going on, we ought to be looking up, expecting Jesus to come, and not only looking up, but we ought to be living in light of his coming. So uh, we may not know the exact time of his coming, but when we see what is going on, we should know that our redemption draws nigh. That's what this whole scripture is about. See, if, if all you're doing is saying, tell us about all these things that are going to come, he's laying all that out. Uh, Brother Dennis, he's laying all that out to say, listen, all these things, and instead of focusing on that, you ought to be looking up. Amen. See, we're, we're caught up in all the stuff going on, and Jesus said, I want you caught up in all this. I want you, when you see the first part of it coming, I don't want you to get caught up in it. I want you to be looking up. And so I, I'm going to give you two things this morning. Number one, and I'm not going to reread all the verses from verse 5 to 26, but you can read it later. He gives the signs of his coming. Now, first in verse 5 and 6, he talks about the collapse of the temple. Now, the stones of the temple were massive. They, they, were, they were almost this monument, right? And so Jesus tells them, and they were proud. They were proud of who they were and what they had done. You with me? And Jesus tells him, he said, I'm going to destroy the temple. Now, understand, he was talking He was talking about the rebuilding of the temple, the, the resurrection of Christ. But he's also talking about the destruction of that temple, and it happened uh, just a few years later, right? So he's saying, listen, all this, all this, and, and the thing was, it was not about their relationship with Christ. It was about their religion. Listen to me. They were proud of their heritage. They were proud of them being the family of Abraham. They were proud of being Pharisees. They were proud of their religion. Right. Now listen to what I'm saying. Now I understand I'm, I'm a Baptist. I've been a Baptist 52 years. I'm going to be a Baptist until I die. If, they, if the Baptists don't cross the Bible. But, but here's the thing. There's been an, as many scandals in the Baptist church as there has been in the Catholic church. There's been as much corruption in the Baptist church as there has been in the Lutheran church. There's been as much junk in the Baptist church as it has the Pentecostal church. So if you're going to pride yourself just on being a Baptist, you're in trouble. If you're just... Uh, if you're priding yourself on being religious or I'm a religious person... You're wrong because they were religious and Jesus is telling them, I'm going to tear all this down. 
He doesn't care about your religion. He doesn't care about your little baptism. He wants to know if you have a relationship with him. Amen. This was their idol. This was their monument. Let me ask you this. What's the idols in your life? Now, you may not have a little, little tiki man sitting by your bed. But I'll guarantee you if you're not careful, like many of us, there'll be some idols in your life, some things that you elevate above God. Well, may I say this? He'll tear that down. Oh, I love my family. I love my children more than anything in the world. Really? I love my wife more than anything in the world. Really? Because Jesus said you would love him first. Boy, I love my job. I love my recreation. I love my Panthers. I love my Cowboys. I love, you know, who, whatever. No. See, that, that's what's happened in Christianity. We put everything above God, and we said, now, Jesus, sit over there in the corner. When I need you, I'll call you. That's right. Amen. You cannot confine him to a temple. And so he's prophesying. He's telling them the collapse of the temple is going to take place. Then in verse 8, he talks about counterfeit messiahs. Now, you know what I used to think? I used to think it was the David Koreshes he was talking about, right? But I've changed that. You ready? Hang with me now. Do you realize, do you realize that there are people that have never, desired, have never desired to be a Messiah that we can elevate to the Messiah? Okay, I'm probably going to lose half of you. I may not have a church next week. The orange man is not a Messiah. You say, well, he's God's anointed. He's a man. Donald Trump's not a Messiah. Joe Biden's not a Messiah. Ron DeSantis is not a Messiah. Obama wasn't a Messiah. They're men. And I'm going to tell you right now, God ain't going to put up with this. Now, I know some of you may well, Donald Trump, I care less about Donald Trump. I care about Jesus Christ more than anything in the world. And, and, and you think he, well, we had him already. Well, I thought Joe Biden, he was going to fix everything because he's going to bring us back to normalcy. They ain't fixed. Right. Obama didn't fix it. Bush right. didn't fix it. Reagan didn't fix it. You elevate whoever you want as the fixer of everything, they're not. Right. See, we're trying to fix moral problems with second. You say, well, if we just had more laws to do this, we got more than enough laws. See, the problem is not this, this societal problem. It is, a, it is a moral issue that we're trying to fix with secular ideas. Men hate God. This, this world hates God. The Democrats hate God. By the way, the Republicans hate God too. Now I'm probably going to jail that NSA and FBI will probably come after me for it. So, but I, I'm, I'm sick of it. See, when are we gonna when are we gonna stop putting people as our messiahs? And I'm not yeah, David Koresh, whoop de doo. You know what? He's no longer there. But some Christians are elevating people, might be a preacher. Oh, that preacher, he's a great No, 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 no. He's a man. He's a man. I'm a man. Man, I'm not a messiah. I can't I can't take you to heaven. I can't fix all your problems, but I know a man who can. Yeah. 
Some of you need to figure out your husband's not the Messiah and your wife is not the Messiah and your children are not the Messiah. All my children. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're just little human beings. And we have in this mind that there's going to be somebody putting themselves in the temple saying, I'm Jesus Christ. But that may not be. It may just be that we look at people like that. Right? right? Counterfeit messiahs. They're here. Amen. Brother Jimmy, why don't why do you let me get myself in trouble? I'm just saying, folks, I'm sick and tired of, well, you know what? The only reason they're doing all this is because they're coming after you. They've been coming after us for a long time. Conflict of war, verses 9 and 10. You say, <laughs> everything's a war. Brother Charles, cultural war. Do you, see, do you see what the devil's doing? If he can divide people, he can conquer people. You got families that won't talk. Right? You, you, got, you got denominations, right? And again, I'll say it, I'm, I'm Baptist, and I've been Baptist, and I'm going to stay Baptist. But, but I'm, I'm a Bible believer before I'm anything. Right? I just am. You got Baptists, well, we can't agree with this. We can't go along with him. We, we, got, we got problems, Democrats, Republicans. You can't have a discussion with anybody about anything. If you don't agree with me on every issue and everything, we're not friends. Everything going on that we see in this world is just dividing, right? Race, religion, political view. What? Hey, remember this? They did it with a vaccine. They did it with a mask. It's either you're this or this. You, that's all. You have to be one or the other. Am I right? It's just division, division. You say, well, there's so many problems. I know, but we're not going to fix the problems until we start realizing that what we see, mankind, is sinners and they need salvation. We can get along. Listen, again, I don't care where you come from, color your skin, what, you go back far enough, we all got the same great-grandparents. Adam, Eve, they messed it up for all of us. Ladies, you can take Eve in the back room and let her have it when you get to heaven, right? Man, you messed this thing. Fellas, we need to take Adam and say, boy, you messed it up, Adam. All you had to do is not eat off that one tree. Everything else you had, you messed it up. But if we'd been there, we'd messed it up too, wouldn't we? See, the conflict war is not just nuclear bombs and machine guns. It is people fighting against people. Then there's the catastrophe in nature. You say, well, it's global warming. Don't say this, Brother Danny. 
Do I think that we have contributed to the global climate change problem? Probably so, right? If you ever been to Los Angeles years ago, man, you, you'd have emphysema from breathing air. But it's just interesting to me, a hurricane comes through, and say, that's cause of climate change. Well, they had, they had bad hurricanes now. They had bad hurricanes 50 years ago, 100 years ago, right? Pestilence, disease. We just, did we not just go through that? You say, well, that's a man-made. Well, God doesn't say none of this won't be man-made, does he? I mean, he, he gave us, Brother Adam, he gave us dominion over the earth. What he said, if you destroy it, that's your business. I mean, Brother Bobby, years ago, we had, a, we had a ginormous buffalo population in this country. Did we not? Well, they almost wiped it completely out. We, by the way, we did. What the Native Americans did, we did it. What it if you had no more buffalo population, you're going to say, well, that's God's fault. No, we did it. So you got earthquakes, famines, pestilence. We there? Sure we are. There's, there's cruelty. Verse 12 through 14 talks about cruelty. We there? People are hateful. I saw this video, Brother Brian. So... I don't know if it's Costco or Sam's or something. So this lady's on her phone. That was shocker number one for me. She's got her buggy, and she kept running into this guy in front of her, in line. I mean, not like mowing him down, but just she was tapping him. I mean, I, that bothers me too, right? You look, Sorry. Well, she didn't say. Well, he went over and picked up another cart and threw it on her. I mean, I get it. I get irritated too, right? But I don't think I've ever, brother. Rob, I, don't, I've, I don't think I've ever been in a place where I'm going. If this lady doesn't quit bumping me with this cart, I'm gonna go find another cart and I'm gonna knock her in the head with it. I might have felt like it, but I wouldn't, right? right. I mean, that's cruel. That's right. I see. I see what we're doing to children. Listen, I'm gonna give you something. You ready? I'm going to tell you what the demise of our, our world is. Jesus said this. He said it would be better for you to have a millstone hung around your neck and be drowned than to do what? Hurt one of these little ones. God has always valued children. Remember those disciples said, to keep them kids away. Jesus said, no, I want them. Yes, right. right? That's what he said. Right. Now, you listen to me. You look the way we, we treat children. Yes. We've killed 65 million of them in this country. Yes. Yes. Huh? Yes. You, all, this, all this stuff going on? All this child trafficking? Yes. Going up, you say that's conspiracy. No, it isn't. The way the way we treat children 
God's going to hold us accountable. Amen. This nation is, is listen, I'm, I'm, I understand. By the way, let me say this. I may not even get to point two. Y'all hold on a while. We, our country has done some good stuff, but we've done some pretty pathetic stuff. We've done some pretty pathetic stuff. And so before you just, I'm red, white, and blue, and America's done everything right. No, we've done some pretty awful stuff to people. And I don't care if you think, well, it ought to be a six-week ban or an 18-week. No, it ought to be a ban. Now, I know that ain't politically correct and nobody to vote. I don't care. Listen, we're at a place where negotiating when it's okay to murder children. That's how depraved our whole society is. And when you... You say whatever you want to say. But when you treat children the way this world treats children, God's going to hold you accountable. 100% of the time. Mamas and daddies. I mean, you think about this. We, we, we look at all the societal problems. You break it down to the elementary level. You know what it is? We've told God, take a hike. Let me tell you what will fix the crime problem in America. I'll tell you right now. You say, we need more prisons. We need more daddies in homes raising boys to be men. We need mamas raising girls to be ladies that love God. Yeah? But see, we won't deal with all that. You know why, Brother Jimmy? Because it doesn't make money. And it doesn't get headlines. So we're looking at all these things. Well, what about, what about uh, the catastrophes? What about global warming? What about uh, drilling for oil? What, we're missing the whole thing. See, the thing is, we're being distracted over here with all these things. And Jesus is saying, come unto me, all you that labor heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He's saying, I am the solution to all these problems, but you're trying to fix them and you can't fix them. Cruelty. Verse 16, crushing betrayal. Crushing betrayal, right? And then verse 20 through 24, he says this. He, he deals with the, the compassing of Jerusalem. The whole world hates Jerusalem, hates Israel. The whole world. You say, well, what about America? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. So he lays all those things out. Here's the signs, right? Here's the signs. Here's the signs. And we're going, well, show me more, show me more, show me more, show me more. He's trying to show us how bad things are. He's trying to show us that God, think about this for a minute. When God created man, he put Adam and Eve in the perfect environment. He put them in the perfect environment that they could love God 
and fellowship with him. Intimately seeing him. And they messed it up. And since that day, man has been getting worse and worse and worse. And now look where we are. And we're saying, if we could just, no, no, no. If we could just get this guy or this party, if we could just change this. and No, see, we've gotten so far away from God. The only thing that's going to save this country, the only thing that's going to save our churches, the only thing that's going to save our families is a return to God. That's it. Other than that, we're doomed. So here, here's, he lays all that out. Verse, now we go to verse 27. The Bible said, Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. He said, all that stuff, they're over here. We've got to fix this, got to fix this, got to fix this. And he said, I, I gave you all those things, all those signs. I told you what was coming, not so you could go over here and be so busy trying to fix all this stuff and be consumed with it. But he said, when you see all this stuff coming, here's what I want you to do. Right? Because verse 28, he says, and when these things begin to come to pass, not at the end of it, he said, when they start to happen, he said, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. So, so here's the picture, right? He said, you walking? Temple. Collapse, catastrophes, false messiahs. He said, don't go over there. Don't. When you see those things start to come, he said, do this. Here's, look outward. That's what he's saying in the first part. Be aware of all these events because they precede his coming. They're the warning sign. As we see these things coming, he, don't get discouraged. Don't fall for the traps and don't fall asleep. Then he says this, not only look outward, now he tells us this, look upward. See, don't put your head down, lift up your head. How many remember when, when you started playing football, fellas? Man, I remember when I, fifth grade, I loved it. I like hitting people. But I'd go, I'd go run in there a lot of times like this. And they'd tell you, don't do that. You got to tackle with your head up, right? Two reasons. One, because all the guys got to do is, and you're going to look silly. But the other thing, you can get hurt. So keep your head up. I'm afraid a lot of Christians, are, that's how they're going through life. Probably more like this. Amen. Right? Amen. Then something will happen over here. They go, oh, oh. They're constantly on this. He's just saying, when you see that coming, just keep your head up. Amen. What I see, here's what I see. Brother Kenneth. We're living in a day where if you keep your eyes on all that's going on, 
right? If you're, and, and the devil has all these tools to constantly bombard us with all the stuff that's going on. And if that's all you do, right? Oh, here's something else. Here's, some, here's bad news. Here's bad news. Here's, here's this new trinket. Here's this new idea. Here's this new thought process. Here's this new preacher. Here's this new denomination. Here's this new religion. Oh, here's this new relationship. Whatever. We're so caught up in all that. Then you know what we don't do? First part of Acts, Jesus was taken up in that cloud. You know what those guys are doing? He said, Look, no, listen, fellas, you get on about the Father's business. Don't just stand there with your mouth open. You be about the Father's business. Then he's telling them, here he's saying, now when all these things start taking place, look up. You know what he's telling us today? Look up. We don't have to be discouraged. Don't have to be defeated. Don't have to be downtrodden. Why? Well, preacher, look at all the bad stuff. You're not looking up. You're just looking out. I, I'm more worried about what's going on up there. I had a conversation with a politician this past week, and he was telling me, all, I said, I don't care. But I said, you're telling me all this stuff like it's news, that there's corruption in politics. I said, I know that already. I know that. You're not telling me anything I don't know. I'm looking up. I want to look up. And if I get so caught up down here with all, I get, you know what, brother? People send me videos all the time. I get them all the time about this corruption and that corruption. And see, I told you, look at this, what this guy did. I'm like, okay. Look up. Now, in your life, what's got your attention? What's got your attention? Here's what I'd say. Look up. If you're here today and you've never trusted him as your Savior, you say, how could, how could a loving God let all this stuff happen? How could he let all this stuff happen? Can I, let me ask you this. Maybe we ought to thank God he hadn't let more happen. I mean, we deserve worse. Right? It's because he's merciful. You say, well, why do bad things happen to good people? I didn't know there was any good people. According to the Bible, there's none righteous. There's none good. I can't answer all those questions. What I can do is tell you this. Jesus Christ will make a difference in your life. He'll make a difference in your life. But we've got to look up. Let's stand together. Stand together. If you're here today and you're a Christian, look up. You're discouraged, downtrodden, look up. If you're here today, you've never trusted him as your Savior, here's what I want you to do. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around. If you've never trusted him as your personal Savior, I want you to do this. I want you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I don't know if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I want you to pray for me. I won't come to you, and I won't send anybody. I just want to pray for you. Is there one? If I die today, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. Will you pray for me? Slip your hand up. You're here today. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put it down. Is there another? Thank you. I see that hand. You can put it down. Is there another? 
Thank you. Is there another? If you're here today and your life isn't what it should be for Christ, tell you what, some have made their way to the altar. Why don't you come? Father, thank you for the precious souls that raised their hand. Took courage. There may be others. I lift them up to you that you'd give them the confidence to just step out of their seat so we could show them how they'd know they're going to heaven when they die. Deal with hearts in Jesus' name. Let's keep our heads bowed. Those that raised your hand or if you didn't, you're not sure where you'd spend eternity, let me invite you to come. Maybe you are distracted. Listen, it's easy to get distracted in this life, isn't it? You're here, you're distracted. Say, look at all this bad stuff going on. Don't, don't look up. Just look up. Look up. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, what you've done in the service today. May we get our eyes off the world and get them on you. Thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name we pray.